done, reach for DeWalt's full line of tools and accessories. Team up with Team Tools and DeWalt. You ain't nothing but a hound dog. News, analysis, and opinion. It's the Elijah Har Show on 93.3 and AM 560 KWTO. I swear this is the first time we've ever used this intro music. There's no way. I've used this so often. Welcome back to KWTO. Missouri is getting sued again because we are trying to use photo ID requirements in our state law. Joining us now, super lawyer from Columbia and fellow radio host, Stephanie Bell. Stephanie, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me, Elijah. Stephanie, as we do every day on the show, we start every interview with the question of the day. Question of the day today, based upon this rock the country that's coming to Poplar Bluff, what is the most you've ever spent on concert tickets? Ooh, uh, <laughs> I think I paid over $500 to see Lady Gaga in Las Vegas. Wow. Was it worth it? Uh, almost. I was really hoping for a surprise Bradley Cooper appearance, <laughs> and I missed him. I missed him by like a few days. Gotcha. But I, I am seeing Hardy, I think, in Springfield in December. I'm really excited about that. You're seeing who? Hardy. He typically opens for folks like Morgan Wallen. It's going to be great. Oh, see, yeah, I, Elijah's. I, I, I don't know who this is. No country music. I'm a big Hardy's. Uh, Har- I'm a big Hardy's fan too. But Hardy specifically is, is he's one of my favorites. Yep, I'm looking forward to that. All right. Uh, so listen, this feels like Groundhog Day. Missouri says we want to use photo ID to protect our elections. We get sued. We lose. We do it again. We get like it's just it's it's a self repeating cycle. Tell us about this latest lawsuit against photo ID. It's actually ridiculous. I mean, how long have we been talking about this? I had to look it up. 34 states now require some sort of identification. 23 require photo ID. We're back in court. And actually, this very lawsuit has already been thrown out once by the judge um, on, stand, on, on standing. Uh, so, and I think that is going to be the major issue today. Um, they refiled or amended their petition and tried to find three voters because, you know what, it's really hard to find a person impacted by our photo ID law. People have to, and that's the state's argument, people have to have a photo ID to participate in modern day society. And Elijah, you know, we've been talking about this for years. 30 years ago, you know, there was a better argument that, you know, well, really old folks, maybe they, they've lost their documentation or they don't have documentation. It's hard to do that. We're living in a different society today, and I really think uh, this is going to put this whole argument to bed today. I'm hoping for a state win. Tell us a little bit, you know, uh, you mentioned this was dismissed once already. Um, at what point, and I know nobody does lose or pays, but at what point do do the people that keep suing Missouri have to pay to drag us back into court when when everybody sort of knows that they've they've run out of options? Unfortunately, that's just not the system we live in. And so I don't really see um, them ever having to pay. But at some point, um, hopefully, you know, if they come forward again, we can get them, um, you know, the case gets dismissed earlier on. Um, They have had success in the past, and I think that's why we're back here. Um, You know, twice the courts have thrown out uh, voter ID law. The legislature has passed a different style of voter ID law. 
And so while the plaintiffs this time are coming in and saying it's more restrictive this time than last time, the state's saying, no, it's not. It's, we, we, the problem before was with the affidavit. There's no affidavit in this case. And so there are, uh, you know, the, the reason why they're arguing that it's a little bit more restrictive, I think you used to be able to vote with an out-of-state ID. And now you have to have a state or a federal-issued ID. But even if you don't, if you go in and you don't have an ID, you can still vote. You just cast a provisional ballot. And once, um, and there are two times when your provisional ballot will, ca- will count. So say you show up and you left your ID at home. You can cast your provisional ballot. You run home, get your ID, show back up, say, here's my ID. Your provisional ballot counts. The second way is, say you never come back with your provisional ID. The clerk will then take your provisional ballot, compare it to your voter registration. And if there's a signature match, your provisional ballot counts. And they actually, the state, I think, in, uh, they just uh, completed their briefing, and they had actually deposed uh, Boone County Clerk Brianna Lennon and said, hey, you got this Excel spreadsheet of all of the provisional ballots that were cast in the last election. Let's take a look at them. And for those folks who showed up and didn't have an ID, you know, were there any ballots that didn't count based on failure to match signatures? And I think her answer was no. All of those provisional ballots, we checked them, we checked the signature match, and they all counted. So, again, what's the harm here? Find me the person who, you know, and then the other argument is, if you don't have a photo ID, we will literally baby you through the process. We will get you a free copy of whatever certification you need. We can, you know, the Secretary of State, I think, has driven people to, the, um, you know, to these offices himself and said, I will personally make sure you get either a driver's license or a, non, uh, a non-driver's license. And we want you to vote, but we don't want anybody to vote twice. You know, and that's the interesting thing. And one thing I think a lot of people in public when they first year, they're like, well, maybe these people can't get an ID. Literally, it's written into the law how how the state will give people that don't have the resources a photo ID to because because we do we we actually want people to vote. We just want to make sure and we maintain a secure election, which has been, you know, a big conversation over the last few years is is ensuring secure elections that everybody's vote counting equally. Yeah, and I mean, you know, I'm a part of RNLA, Republican National Lawyers Association. I know you have been um, as well, Elijah. So I have sat in polling places on Election Day. I have sat in call centers taking calls from folks who, you know, they who have an issue at the polling place. And this just isn't an issue that's coming up. There's not droves of people going to the polling place who are saying, I can't vote because I don't have a photo ID. And the state will literally get you on. And then you think about how society's changed. I love this example. And I was actually shocked when I went in. I went to go get my six-year-old ears pierced, right? And the state requires ear piercing uh, facilities to give, uh, you have to have parental consent if you're under 18. Same for tattoos. And so the way, there's a state form, you fill it out. And the way that they prove, because you think, okay, 16-year-olds go in and they say, yeah, this is my mom, you know, it's their friend. So the way they prove I was her mom was I had to bring my photo ID and a copy of her birth certificate that had my name on it. Dang. Documents just to get my daughter's ear pierced. And that's what the state requires for piercing. And we're going to require something less for voting? That's ridiculous. That's super interesting. Now, tell us a little bit. You mentioned how many states around the country require photo ID. Um, is it, you know, at one point, I think Indiana went up to the U.S. Supreme Court. U.S. Supreme Court said, no, states can do it. Uh, is this, is this battle can still, it feels like, let me put it this way. In these Western states where you talk about things like ballot harvesting, it feels like there's a lot of other fights that matter. 
why is it photo ID? We just it, it's like it, it's like a 1990s issue that continues to be litigated. You know, I don't know. I think the Democrats are grasping at straws now. You know, we know in Georgia they put through an election bill um, several years ago and their voter turnout went up. And so when you you know, so I, I just don't think they have any other issue. And, and they you know, they want to find and we know. And then they say, oh, well, there's no cheating. Well, our luckily, our good friends at Heritage keeps an inventory of all the fraud that's happened. And it still happens. And you're just thinking, I saw um, a headline today. Uh, I think on John Combest, and it was out of St. Louis City, and it was uh, actually a postal worker stealing checks out of the mail. Um, and, and so they're saying, well, it's so hard to cheat. Well, do you remember before photo ID, you could walk in with your utility bill, with like your water bill, and that's how we said, okay, you can vote. So you think like people aren't going to be tempted to just snag your mail um, and go in and vote. I mean, that's making it too easy on people. And it's important. I think now that we have confidence when we show up, our vote's going to count. Uh, Stephanie, tell us a little bit, you know, for, for, for people that are listening to the show that are, that are t- talking about this, what is it that you do? You know, you're, you're, you're an election law lawyer. You handle this stuff in courts all the time. One of the things I think a lot of people wonder is who's doing the arguing and, and why is it that the courts seem to be a little bit more left of where most Missourians are? Well, you know, I I think the courts in the past have tended to be a little bit less because of the way that our judges are appointed. Um, I th- that they are not always reflecting the um, the general population, and that's kind of how the selection process is structured. But I think you know when I talk about my work on election day, a lot of times it's not in the courtroom. Missouri has, um, you know, we've had pretty clean elections for the past number of years, but there's a lot of people on the ground keeping their eyes on what's going on, and so. I know several uh, friends in Missouri actually deployed to other states. I had friends in Nevada who were watching the election for Laxalt in the last um, cycle. But, you know, we put lawyers, uh, we have roving attorneys on election day. We put lawyers in rooms to answer phones. And then, of course, we have um, hundreds, um, if not thousands, of lay people who are watching and observing those election processes. And then they know, you know, hey, if there's an issue, if there's something going on, here's a number you can call. And, and, and we are interfacing constantly. You know, I, you know, Brianna Lennon, for example, in Boone County, the Democrat, but she's um, a great source of information, is always accessible. And if there's a problem on Election Day, you know, our job is to try to interface with those county clerks and uh, alert them of it and make sure that people who are there to vote can vote and, and that, you know, they're not holding the polls open late. And that's really the last problem we had in Missouri. But, for example, you know, this, this polling place, the power is out. The machine is down. The, um, you know, they ran out of this kind of ballot. And, and, the, and on Election Day, it's really hard because you've got people who need to go to work, people who, you know, and once they leave the polling place, are they going to come back? So it's really about identifying, getting the information, identifying what the issue is on Election Day and, and quit, you know, working with uh, the local clerks or the volunteers on the ground to fix it and document it as quickly as possible. You know, one of the things we constantly hear about is people saying, Oh, you know, photo ID really doesn't do anything. They, they, they never really catch anybody cheating. Uh, is that true? Is that, is that old trope uh, actually correct? It's not really. I mean, you can go to Heritage and they actually um, have, you know, you can search by state and you can see all of the people who have been prosecuted for election fraud. It's not a lot, um, but it's some. And I mean, and you think one person votes illegally. We had a, 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 um, a Boone County race, a city race tie on the nose. Um, and so one vote either way could have changed the outcome. There have been state races, and I believe even um, in there in Springfield, some of these races, especially for the state house, were within, you know, a handful of votes. 
And so you think, you know, well, it's just one or it's not rampant. Well, that, it really does matter. Um, and if you recall the Bruce Frank selection, um, and that was just not too long ago in St. Louis, the judge actually found enough fraud, enough ballot stuffing there that they actually ordered a new election. And that was right here in Missouri. You know, and not not only did that happen, you've also had you had a, a state house race in Kansas City where one member won by one vote. And then two of his in-laws were found to have voted illegally in the district, were prosecuted, I think were even sent to jail. But but he was allowed to to remain in office and continued to be reelected. Yeah, that that is a prime example. I know the Secretary of State has brought that up. And, you know, by the time it was discovered and everything went had, had occurred, you know, it was it was almost too late to go back and undo it. And then he was reelected. But, yeah, certainly election fraud ha- has happened in modern day Missouri. Um, and uh, I think, you know, if we're not careful and we and we start, you know, and we don't get the proper procedures in place, you know, we're susceptible to that. It, it, elections are so important. And, you know, you know, with the divided country, I think there's even more incentive for people to want to use um, use nefarious uh, ways to control the outcome. Stephanie, for uh, for our listeners who aren't familiar with you, if people want to follow along with the work that you do or just keep up with this uh, this general uh, uh, case and, and find out what happens to it, how do you uh, how do they follow you on social media? You can follow me on Twitter at Stephanie S. Bell, and I'm on Instagram at Radio Lawyer. Are you on, are you on TikTok? Do we give out that too? I'm not on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> My producer keeps telling me all the kids are on TikTok these days. Yeah, maybe someday. We're um, old, though, Elijah. Uh, and I, I don't want to sell my inf- or give my information to the Chinese, so no thank you. <laughs> All right, me neither. Uh, Super Doyer, Stephanie Bell, thanks so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Thanks, Elijah. We'll talk soon. All right, that was Stephanie Bell talking about the state's voter ID law. Jay Ashcroft in court defending the photo ID requirements for the state of Missouri as the chief elections authority will be really interesting. As she mentioned, case has already been dismissed once. I, th- I think Jay's going to be successful on this particular case. And without further ado, Garrett, you would like to talk about something else that's important. Yeah, uh, you, you should require a, uh, an ID to vote. However, you do not need your ID to come out on December 6th. From 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. to the price cutter on East Battlefield here in Springfield for the KWTO price cutter food. It's the holiday food drive for Ozark's Food Harvest. It is going to be a massive event. We've all heard of or know of the Ozark's Food Harvest. They feed 60,000 families every single month. One dollar, just one dollar, can go and feed four different families or give one family Four meals or give two families two meals. I don't know how they split it up exactly, but your dollar stretches further because of Ozark's Food Harvest. That's why KWTO and the Price Cutter on East Battlefield is going to partner with them once again on December 6th from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. KWTO is going to be broadcasting live from there at different points throughout the day. So if you want to stop by, donate food, donate money, donate some time just to say hi and say thank you and support the cause of Ozark's Food Harvest, you can do that, and if you stop by, you might get a chance to meet some people, some KWTO personalities that you either really like or really want to argue with. Who knows? So you can go out there to the price cutter once again on East Battlefield. It's December 6th from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. There is also a link now. I did, we, we didn't mention this yesterday because it, uh, it wasn't officially up. If you want some more information, you can go to the KWTO website. It's just KWTO. Type that into the search bar. It'll pull up. 
And there is a way for you to find out more information about the food harvest and the food drive. And you can also just donate right from your phone, computer, laptop, iPad, iPod, if that's still a thing. Uh, and you can you can donate. Can you donate right from there. an iPod? I, th- I I think at iPod you just listen to music on. No, you're so old. I had an iPod and it had internet access and everything. I, an iPod now is basically an iPhone that doesn't have calling or text. Okay. That's all an iPod is. But yeah, you can go to uh, one more time. It's the East Battlefield. Uh, it's the Price Cutter on East Battlefield on December sixth from six a.m. to six p.m. Every dollar you give provides four different meals and it's going to be at uh it's going to be with the Ozarks Food Harvest will be broadcasting live at various points throughout the day from that price cutter it is the I'm going to read the official name one more time KWTO price cutter holiday food drive for Ozarks Food Harvest and people that don't think about this too much if if you look at across the Ozarks obviously we we have a fairly high poverty rate um but but we also Ozarks Food Harvest has a fairly extensive clientele 41% of their clients say they have to choose between paying food and paying their utility. This is, I mean, this is not a situation most people find themselves in. So these are, these are people that really are struggling to make it. Um, and, and, and 90% of them have a household income of less than $20,000. This is definitely people that are struggling to make it. So this is, this is a good organization and worthwhile to, to be a part of. Yeah, and if you are upset at the United States government for sending a whole bunch of money overseas, we hear your frustrations, and Ozark's Food Harvest is right here in your own backyard. The money's not going to Kansas. The money's not going to Montana. The money's not going to to China, like your data on TikTok. The money's not going to any of those places. It is staying right here in southern Missouri, in the Ozarks, helping out potentially your own friends, your own family, your own neighbors. It's money well spent. All right, we're going to come back. We're going to answer the question of the day. You don't want to miss that. Uh, also, coming up at 5.05, we're going to have Landon McCarter on the show. Landon is a runner for school board here in Springfield and a former member of maybe the greatest basketball team in state history, plus Snake Draft at 5.37. Don't want to miss that. It's going to be an especially fun one today. I think I say that every day, but I feel like today's is a good one. So, all that and more coming up. Uh, we'll be right back. What remains can only be what's true If all was lost, it's more I've gained Cause it led me back 